Welcome to episode number 60 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast, Sustainable Tourism, What Should We Look For in Hotels, with Hans Pfister, part one. You know, so we're, we understand that, that we're in this for, for, uh, for the long run. We're in this uh, to, to, to really have a positive impact on the communities in the long run and not just do a, a, a quick fix, you know. That was Hans, who's the president of Cayuga Collection, a group of sustainable luxury hotels in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Panama. The simple idea for today's episode is to call a hotel and ask questions before we book. So this is a greenwashing tip that we find kind of across the board, right? Don't judge a book by its cover, basically. We do a lot of our purchases online these days, and it's really hard sometimes to truly understand what is behind a brand and whether we're being tricked into thinking that they're sustainable or whether they actually are sustainable. So what we can do is call the hotel and ask, what do you do to be sustainable? And let that inform our decision about our booking. So uh, you know, probably if you've been listening for a while, if you're new here, this will be new. But I was in tourism and hospitality for the first half of my career. I worked for Disney from the time I was 19 until I was 30. My husband still works for Disney, so we're still very close to the tourism industry. And as consumers, we love to travel. We have been many places around the world. We love to explore and just immerse ourselves in new cultures and learn and meet new people. And um, yeah, you know, all the benefits that come from traveling. But traveling can also have a pretty negative impact on the world. You know, it can cause destruction. It can hurt people. It can really be a fuel for good or a fuel for bad. And so how do we put ourselves on the good side of that coin, right? That's a big question. And I find myself very often in conversations when I'm booking travel with my family, being the person that is difficult because I don't want to just go on a regular vacation. I want to know that my vacation is not doing harm in the world, but it's really hard to explain what I'm looking for. So we were really lucky to be able to go and stay in a Cayuga collection resort back in 2019. We stayed at a place called Senda Montverde, which is up in the cloud forest in Costa Rica. And the whole time we were there, I was just on cloud nine. So like maybe I was like, I was literally in the clouds. So maybe I was literally on cloud nine. <laughs> like that's kind of fun to think of, right? But the whole time I kept thinking, wow, this is amazing. It was so different from any place that I have ever traveled. Um, there was a community feel. So it actually felt like the people who worked in the resort like started to become like friends of ours. My kids, we were laughing. Tatiana, who runs the front office there, my kids were begging her to take them home and babysit her. <laughs> so like, when have you been to a resort where that happens, right? And then on top of that, it was just every time you turned around while you were at the resort, there was something telling you about the impact that what you were doing right then was having on the community 
community and on the environment. And so I ended up asking Hans if he would come on the podcast to tell me in more detail how he does it, what kind of decisions they make that make them different from a regular hotel chain. And by talking with him, I was able to learn so many different things about the way that they think about everything from the people that they hire and the policies they have to the food that they have in their restaurants to the way that they build and develop the furniture and the room decor in their room and the tours and the excursions they offer. He does everything different with his group. And by listening to him talk in these next two episodes, it gave me a better understanding of what I'm looking for and what I can communicate to the people around me that I'm looking for when we're booking a place to travel. So I hope that you will have fun listening to this episode as well. There's just so much to learn through this conversation about sustainable tourism, and it's just a really fun topic. So, uh, for the links for everything that we talk about today to go look at the resorts because I know once you hear Hans talking you're going to be dying to see these gorgeous beautiful beautiful high-end resorts Uh, he has an incredible blog that just is constantly digging into some of these harder topics around sustainable tourism so if this is a topic that interests you there's going to be a lot of reading for you there Uh, and then in the show notes there's also going to be a summary of what he does different that I just described, as well as five simple ideas that we can all do right now with the way that we travel. So you'll find all of that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 60. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. When you think of Cayuga Collection, it's it's definitely not a chain of hotels uh, because they're all so different. You know, right now we have uh, seven opening one November first, another one. They they couldn't be more different. You know, so they're they're completely different experiences, completely different settings. Uh, they're all owned by different people, so there's a personality coming in from that. Uh, and then they're also in 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 different countries. You know, so so it's it's really a collection uh, and. One of the things that that guests have told me is like, wow, you know, I went to this and uh, the other, you know, property was so different. But what I what it did have uh, uh, running through everything was, uh, you know, a luxury experience. It's a high end experience. We really try to pamper you. Our strong focus on sustainability and the people factor. You know, I think I think one of the things, and then you mentioned this, is is really the people factor. That's something that's really important to us. So you are in the most amazing natural settings on the ocean, in the mountains, on islands. Uh, but what really makes it special is is the people. You know, so so that's where we're where we're trying to do. And for example, we have one a couple of years back, the WTTC uh tourism for tomorrow award and we won that specifically in the people category you know the people categories people said wow you know you're just doing things differently and and like you said we're probably gonna talk about that a little bit uh uh, later but that's definitely one of the one of the main um things that 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 is different about staying at the Cayuga collection it's interesting that that's something that you 
consciously work to do and the the biggest thing that I felt as a guest, mm-hmm. you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really cool. Um, how about a bit about your journey? So how did you get to the point where you started this, this business, I guess? Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, what's your story? How did you get to this? Right. Yeah. So, so as you can tell by my name, Hans Pfister, you know, that's not a typical Costa Rican name, obviously. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm 25 years here in, in Costa Rica and uh, I grew up in Southern Germany in the Black Forest. That's where I started my career in hospitality. Uh, then went to a university in upstate New York at Cornell. I went to the hotel school and I had the, the luck of meeting two Costa Rican women at the, uh, in, in upstate New York in Ithaca. Uh, one is my wife now uh, and uh, the other one is my business partner. You know, so, so uh, that, was, that was really great. Um, my wife, you know, we're married next year, 25 years, have three children a dog, a cat, uh, and, and uh, uh, the company here. We live in, in San Jose, uh, Costa Rica. And my business partner, Andrea, uh, she also studied hotel administration. And we didn't form Cayuga right after. Everybody was doing something before. And, you know, she was in Africa. I was working for another company. But then uh, we came together and, and, and co-founded uh, Cayuga. And uh, for, you know, next year will be 20 years, we'll be, uh, you know, we're running these sustainable luxury hotels and lodges. And it started basically with something we call the Ecolodge Owner Dilemma, right? You know, our first clients when we started was this couple from Minnesota, now in their 70s. Back then they were in their late 40s, early 50s. uh, And they basically sold everything they had. He was a lawyer. She was a musician. They sold everything they they had and um, uh, and and just went to Costa Rica. You know, bought land for for conservation uh, and said, "Okay, we're going to build an eco lodge." You know, we're just going to get into tourism. They had no idea about building. They didn't speak Spanish. They never worked in the hotel business. You know, uh, they also built a school because they said tourism can't be done without education, which were you know totally in agreeable. Uh, and then they opened it, and they did quite well. You know, so so for about uh, four or five years, they ran this eco lodge, uh, but then they came to a point where, like, well, you know, this is becoming a business. You know, we, this this was our dream, and now it's becoming a business. You know, we're twenty four seven. You know, hotel business is tough. You know, you start at five in the morning, you finish at eleven at night, and you don't never really finish. And at Christmas and and holidays and everything, so they organized something they called the Ecolodge Owner Dilemma Conference. They closed their lodge, invited experts from all over the world to figure out how do, what's our exit strategy? How do we get out of this? You know, so, they, so they were told two things. One thing you need is to make sure that the reserve you bought, that the rainforest reserve goes into an easement so it can never be touched like it's 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 a you know forever under conservation and the other thing you need is professional management right Uh, but there isn't really a company or there wasn't really a company that uh, focuses on professional management for these small remote ecologists or or sustainable hotels you know uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, the, the big companies like the Hyatt's and Marriott's and Four Seasons and Amman's, you know, they need a certain volume, right. To make it profitable. So, uh, so we, you know, through a professor here at a business school who hired us and then he left again and, and we took over, uh, we started this, this, this company, uh, and, and now offering, you know, these services to, to individual owners of, of small 
sustainable luxury luxury hotels. Uh, and so we take care of everything for them. You know, they are, they're completely hands off. They don't have to worry about anything, uh, but they still can be the owners and live their dream of having their, their lodges. So that's more or less how, how Cayuga started. From there, we started to grow, add more properties, uh, you know, more countries. And uh, of course, you know, the last year was, the last year and a half were, was, was a bit of a, um, of a, of a hit, you know, it was, it was certainly uh, a, a tough couple of, of years and we can talk about that some more, uh, but we feel that we're actually coming stronger out of this than, than ever. Uh, and we see the future very, very bright. And, and just for example, the last few months, you know, we've done uh, better than in, than pre pandemic 2019, you know, all of our hotels have outperformed uh, the 2019 numbers uh, ever since May, you know, so so people are really coming back. It really seems like like there's an appetite for the kind of experiences that we offer, the locations that we offer. So so we see we see very we see a good future ahead. And you know, there's challenges, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about that. But overall, I think we're in a we're in a good place. That's so exciting to hear, um, you know, because I do, I do feel like some of the different conversations that I've had around tourism, a lot of people have felt um, down and kind of worried and, and um, how amazing to hear that people are demanding this kind of more sustainable mm -hmm. eco option. I mean, that's mm -hmm. so fantastic to hear. And it's really interesting to hear about how the business model works as well. So you're basically managing the properties and then there's owners of each one. And do the owners tend Correct. to seek you out or how, how does that, because I would think you would have to be, actually, you tell me, do you have to be an owner who is willing to um, balance profits with people maybe a little heavier on the people side than a um normal place or how, yeah what's their mindset like when they're saying okay I, we want to yeah. take this path I, I think i think when we when we choose properties because we don't really go out and solicit properties you know people find us uh, uh because they you know the owners of those properties really want to have management if they want to do it on their own they do it on their own and so they come to us and we say no to a lot of properties not because the property is not amazing you know it's because we don't feel the connection with the owners we don't feel like we share the same values so what you're saying you know they they need to be you know on board about sustainability they need to be on board about people they need to be on board about uh, uh, ethics and values and, and all of that um, but you know it is it doesn't have to be either or you know people or profit I, I think it can be both you know the the only thing that we have to be clear with everybody is it's going to take a little longer right you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna you know just jerk something up uh, uh, artificially because one of the policies and you know, we're talking now about the people is that we don't work with expats you know so when you go to luxury hotels around the world you've probably been greeted by a general manager from Switzerland or a chef from France or, uh, you know, a reservations manager from UK or, you know, whatever, right? You know, it's, it's, it's typical that, that, that uh, there's these expats working. What we've done is we've decided that we work exclusively with local talent. So that is not easy, you know, because, you know, obviously very few people here in Costa Rica, had the opportunity to go abroad and study at a hotel school and, and get the education that, for example, I and my and my business partner got. <clears throat> but 
what we've seen is that once we invest in these people, I mean, it's amazing. So, so we talked about Tatiana, right? You know, she mm-hmm. was receptionist at one of the hotels in Manuel Antonio at Arenas and Mar. And then her uh, boyfriend, now husband, moved to Monteverde because he's from there. We opened a hotel there. We gave her an opportunity. She uh, moved there and now is guest res- uh, guest services managers taking on responsibility and sustainability. And her career path is taking her on being hopefully general manager uh, on one day of, of one of those uh, hotels. Next step would be operations manager and then general manager. So that's that's the investment that takes. I don't know, 15 years probably, you know, to, 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 together there, but that's, that's the idea. You know, we're, we, we're, we're just, it, it takes a little longer, just like when we plant our gardens with a native species, it might take a little longer than just putting grass on, you know, and mowing it and, and making it look pretty, but, uh, but that's okay. You know, so we're, we understand that, that we're in this for, for, uh, for the long run, we're in this uh, to, to, to really have a positive impact on the communities in the long run and not just do a, a a, a quick fix, you know, mm-hmm. say it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that way of thinking about it because it's a really good way to just explain the difference, you know, that it doesn't need to be choosing people over profit or profit over people, but that they can both be no. there. It's just a longer term thought. And, and I honestly feel like that would serve us well as humanity in every aspect of society, like thinking a bit more long-term and thinking a bit more sustainable <laughs> about what we do, you know? Yeah. 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 You started to touch on a little bit of what you do differently in terms of hiring local people um, versus bringing in expats. Let's begin to dig into a little bit more about what you do differently in mm-hmm. your hotels. Um, so on the the topic of the team and um, the policies within, I know you have a big focus on women. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that and what mm-hmm. you consciously do to help women with their careers within Cayuga mm-hmm. Collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, definitely the, the, the career paths are, are something really important to us. And I just mentioned the example of, of Tatiana. You know, uh, Alan is the new operations manager at Senda Monteverde. Uh, he's starting tomorrow. And before he was there, he was a gardener. He was a, a receptionist. He was a waiter. He was a, a reservations manager. He was a food and beverage manager. And now he's an operations manager. And all of this has taken him close to 10 years, right? You know, but, but again, this is, this is the path. So, you know, Alan's a man. Another example is Rodbin, the operations manager at Arenas del Mar in Manuel Antonio. Uh, he actually was a construction worker when the hotel was built, uh, you know, almost 15 years ago. And worked his up through, way up through driver, uh, golf cart driver, you know, uh, bellman. Uh, uh, receptionist, guest service manager, etc. And now he's he's operations manager. And on top of that, he started his company uh, providing transport uh, for the hotel, like for the airport transfers. So he's also become an entrepreneur, you know, with the help of the of the hotel. So you know, these are are, are two men. Uh, the, the topic of wom- of women has always been important uh, to us. But it really became very clear now in the pandemic because what happened, and I'll tell you a little bit what, what, what we've gone through in the pandemic. And, and yes, I'm positive, but uh, but certainly it's been it's been rough. You know, I got a lot of 
gray hair and uh you know <laughs> my anxiety was you know sky high at moment you know so it was rough but uh you know we we pushed hard and we we got through but when we when we got the news that the airport would close and we would have no more tourists coming in in uh, march <clears throat> 2020 we basically had to close all the hotels you know and we had to let go of half of the staff you know we had to we had to let go half of the staff and the other half that was basically stayed on at a 50% salary reduction because there was, you know, it was, it was zero income. And um, the people that we let go, there's a, there's a generous uh, system here in Costa Rica and Panama and Nicaragua of severance pay, you know, so they, we let them go, but they, they got a good package. And, and so at least they could, they could go on. One of the things that we realized, I mean, we didn't do this on purpose, but we realized after is like, unfortunately, and I, I feel bad about that in, in hindsight, but that's just the way it was. We let go of a lot of women of our teams. And why is because everybody that stayed on basically stayed on doing maintenance, security, and kind of just, just kind of keeping the, the hotel together. And, and, you know, so, so naturally we selected the people that could, you know, do that, do, do that more, more physical work. But when we realized that, and and uh, you know, about three four months after the closing, we started to reopen for the local market. Airport was still closed, but Costa Ricans, Panamanians started to, to travel. So we opened in June two thousand twenty. Quite quite quickly afterwards, we we soon realized. Oops, you know, now we have here what 80, 90 percent men and 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 ten twenty uh, percent women. This does not feel right, you know, and and the service doesn't feel right, and. And, and there's, you know, something went really wrong here. So we, we then, you know, uh, went out on a drive to basically try to exclusively hire women, you know, in, in, where, you know, in, in, uh, at least for the, for the positions where it, where, where it makes sense, you know, uh, so, uh, and, and we've, we've been able to, to bring that balance back up to 60, 40, 50, 50 in some cases, you know, so we're much more at the, at the same level again. Uh, but it was, it was an effort because we also realized, uh, you know, all the stories that we heard in the communities, how affected the families, the, um, you know, the, the communities got with the women losing their, their work. And, and this is why we, we, we decided, okay, now we're going to get real about this and we're going to continue to focus on that. Uh, next year, we're implementing a, um, a conscientization for all the organization because we live in latin america and there's still a lot of machismo happening here you know so so we we really want to make sure that that everybody in the organization understands gender understands equality understands what we need to do and uh and we uh um we're working with a foundation that was founded by hillary clinton uh something voices i'm blanking now here um vital voices I, I, yeah, can I can find it. Yeah, I can find up. it yeah. and link to but, it. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, so so this is this is something we want to get really serious about. And then Brandy, I send you this this article or this column that I wrote, you know, uh for uh for a hospitality public publication. Um and we can talk about that as well because it, it talks about women, but it also talks about greenwashing, you know. So so lots of lots of topics there. But I'll I'll leave it at this, you know, with with answering that question and I'll let you, you know, take the conversation in the direction you want to take it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's loop back to that. Um, let's, let's talk about food because restaurants are always a part of, especially a higher end hotel experience and the way yes. that, um, food is done 
in your restaurants, which I would assume, actually, actually, you tell me if this is true. Are the chefs local as well? Of course. Or at least yeah. a lot of the kitchen. Okay. And then how do you do totally. food differently? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the, the focus of our food is, is local as, as local as possible. And, uh, and to some people, luxury means bringing things, bring things from as far as possible, right? You know, you go to a very expensive restaurant in New York city and everything is flown, you know, the oysters are flown in from Normandy, the lamb is brought in from New Zealand and the salmon is flown in from, I don't know where, you know, like, and the more the further it comes, the more expensive, the more luxury. You know, that's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying, you know, the closer it comes, the fish, the, the chicken, the vegetables, the, the potatoes, the closer they come, the more luxury it is, it is that, that, that we perceive because it's fresh, uh, it's, it's healthier. And, and so uh, the, the big, big focus is local. Now, as you said, we're luxury hotels. You know, people pay, you know, it's not cheap to stay, to stay at our hotel, so expectations are high. So we work with local products, with local talent. How do we make sure that we still satisfy the expectations of our guests? And, and what we do there is we, we have a system where we bring in culinary consultants. You know, so, so we have uh, chefs, still local chefs, you know, that, that might have a, a you know, restaurant in, in, in the capital city or, or somewhere else. And we bring them in and they help us uh, develop the menu, uh, train the staff, you know, the, the, the local staff. So there's some kind of a training going on. Uh, and then and then we, you know, just it's you know, I call it honest food, right? You know, it's 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 uh, it's just not too fancy, uh, but it is very nice. And and I was just on a on a trip with uh, with four journalists in in uh, Isla Palenque in Panama last week, and and the journalists were all like, "Wow, you know, how do you do this on this island? You know, here, you know, and, and we're having this this exquisite food. You know, they did a tasting menu, and they were just like blown away. It's like, who's the chef? And it's like, it's the Panamanian guy from you know, live grew up an hour down the you know take the ferry back and, and and down the road and that's that's where it's from but he was taught by another panamanian chef and is just able to really make it happen uh, and the local part is is not only of course healthy and 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 delicious but it's also sustainability so i think we're we're all in the process of learning about supply chains you know we're all we're all realizing that huh you know, things are not getting to us uh, possibly and, and, you know, things might break down and we're not getting everything that we're used to. So we haven't been affected by this, you know, since we're not bringing things in from, 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 from the outside, we haven't been affected by these supply chains, uh, chain uh, problems. Uh, and I think that our food is, is so sustainable, it becomes it from, it's sourced locally. Uh, and I think it's, it's something that uh, our guests appreciate. I, I always tell the story when I was, visiting a, a resort for a conference in the Maldives, you know, and uh, it was an amazing resort. You know, it's got a high, high sustainability credentials as well. Um, and one night we were taken out with a boat to a sandbank in the Indian ocean and had a little reception and we had drinks and they were serving some, some, some uh, uh, snacks and, and one of them was fish and I had a piece of fish. I was like, Oh, it's very good. You know, what, what is this? And like, well, this is salmon. I'm like, but, I mean, the Indian Ocean, you know, and again, you know, I'm eating salmon, you know, flown in from how many thousand kilometers away. And like, that just doesn't feel right. You know, I mean, I wanted to have, 
if I was going to have something, I wanted to have something local. You know, I wanted to have something that's 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 from nearby. So, so that's that's a lot of our philosophy on on, on food. Mm. You know, I love that, and I feel like. I mean, I guess I have the same philosophy when I travel as well. I mean, the whole point of going to experience new cultures is to dive in and really be a part of it. And so the food is such a huge piece of that. I eat both gluten-free and vegan, vegetarian, vegan, but I try vegan. And at the restaurant, they were able to come up with incredible meals because most of the time I kind of have to settle for either something that's like pre-made and really not good or yeah, like the side vegetables or whatever, but they were very um, creative, very, and it wasn't that hard for them to go off the menu to make something for me either, which I think says a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And, you know, gluten-free is super easy for us in, in Central America because we don't grow wheat here. You know, wheat is not a, is not a grain that's grown here. You know, so, so we, you know, going gluten-free is very easy here. You know, that's almost, almost check, right? You know, and, and unless you order a hamburger, <laughs> you know, then, you know, there's a bun. Uh, but even then we can make gluten-free and we can also make it vegan. Uh, you know, make make it a vegan burger. So, so the gluten free is easy. And then one of the things in terms of uh, of vegetarian and vegan, we have seen a lot of our guests requesting that. You know, and and so we've invested a lot in upping our menus and uh, and adding options uh, so that somebody that stays with us for three, four, five nights doesn't get bored. You know, and can still have a a, a great dining experience. So we've we've significantly reduced the amount of beef on our on our menus we haven't gotten rid of it you know i haven't had the you know to, 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 to totally get rid of it you know we're debating still you know it's it's uh it's a it's a tough one because some people really you know ask for it uh, and get upset if it's not there but i you know we're again we, we got rid of it for our our staff uh, uh, meals, you know, we, we got rid of all beef, but we haven't been able to do it there. But we reduced it significantly, and um, uh, and yeah. So so I think that your experience uh, that you had at Senda and Monteverde is something that you would have at all the Cayuga collection property because that's that's what we're trying to do. You know, uh, accommodate for you know allergies or, or preferences, uh, and also want to make sure that you don't have to suffer, right? You know, because that's your that's your preference. We, we still want you to have a, a great dining experience. That was the end of part one. Jump over right now to part two, which is episode 61. It's already there waiting for you. We're going to continue our conversation with Hans about how he thinks about new development for resorts, creating buildings and, you know, going into natural habitat, as well as furniture and room decor and a bit about tours and excursions as well. So go ahead, jump on over there and keep going with the conversation. I'll see you there. Bye. Bye.